Good morning. It's February 8th. It is a bright morning in New York on the way to a mild day. And this is your Indignity Morning Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Skoka, taking a look at the news and the day. The death toll in Turkey and Syria is up to 11,000 and counting as winter storms continue to fall on the earthquake zone and the entire situation remains bleak. Joe Biden delivered the State of the Union address last night. I watched most of it, skipped some in the middle to handle bedtime. So I missed seeing the part where Biden maneuvered the Republican would-be hecklers into having to stand up and applaud for not cutting Social Security and Medicare. It sounds like he had fun doing it. Reuters quotes former Representative Adam Kinzinger tweeting about how Joe Biden sparring with the crowd and winning wasn't something I expected. Why not, though? On the one hand... Biden remains visibly and audibly elderly and in decline as a speaker. The Times yesterday had a front page story getting out in front of that, bringing up Biden's lifelong stutter again, and the preparations to guide him through that in the State of the Union, which is fine. But people have been watching Biden speak for decades. The fact that he does not bring the same agility to the microphone that he used to is just an obvious fact, whatever the underlying mechanisms behind his disfluency are, he clearly isn't managing them as well as he used to. But once you've priced in the fact that the wrong words are going to come out now and then, and sentences are going to break and not necessarily get glued together, and he's going to decide discretion is the better part of valor when it comes to saying the name of the Ukrainian ambassador. But the overall takeaway is sort of the opposite of Ronald Reagan, who was wonderfully fluent and often had no idea where he was or what he was saying. Biden's underlying confusion doesn't seem to be any greater than it was when he was in the prime of life, when, to be clear, he still had some pretty meaningful underlying confusion. But he knows what he's doing within the space of how he's defined what he's doing, and the Republicans were just not prepared for that. It seems like the foundational event for the contemporary Republican Party might be when Clint Eastwood yelled at an empty chair that was supposed to represent Obama. Basically, their politicians are now in the habit of just declaiming to pre-selected friendly audiences in a shared imaginary space where they don't really have any opponents and where their opponents don't really have any messages that might work on the people. Combine that with a staffing situation where the ideas are being brought up by weird homeschooled incels and you get them preparing to crash the economy in the name of cutting social security and then getting caught flat-footed on national television when the president simply describes exactly what it is that they're trying to do. Nor does it help that their power structure is so upside down that their leader, Kevin McCarthy, was sitting up front squirming, unable to decide whether to stand up and clap or not until he saw what the members who hold his speakership by a thread were choosing to do. And speaking of old people who can still outperform their opposition, minute to minute, if not structurally, last night, LeBron James scored 38 points in a late game in Los Angeles, giving him 38,390 points for his NBA career, and passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's career scoring mark of 38,387. He broke the record when he reached 36 points in the third quarter, only scored two more points the rest of the way, and the Lakers lost. But even if the macro lesson of that seems accurate, you can't really draw macro lessons from a game where they stop it in the middle of the third quarter and have a whole thing about the scoring record. LeBron is the best basketball player I've ever seen, and the scoring record is sort of a boring piece of data to throw in the pile to argue about. 
as is the fact that the Lakers are bogged down in mediocrity. When LeBron was in his prime, which was a very, very long-lasting prime, he could do absolutely ridiculous things himself on the court, and he could also extend his basketball will to drag along any collection of bums to at least the brink of excellence. So now he can still do awesome stuff, but he can't magically make this particular roster any good at playing basketball. And he's to blame for the roster being the way it is to a large extent, but even on that dimension, this is all much less bleak and depressing than the way Michael Jordan went out with the Washington Wizards. That's the news. We will talk again tomorrow.